When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Football is many things. Unpredictable, exciting, colourful, passionate, absorbing, expensive. Venal, infuriating, exasperating, time-consuming, depressing. But one thing it most certainly is not is a level playing field. Welcome to the famous sloping pitch. Well, I've really enjoyed uh, a week where there's been a novel released, written about Uriah Rennie's life, <laughs> which is a fantastic <laughs> yes. Also, George Clooney has been linked with a bid to buy Derby. Yeah, now, as and, a friend of mine uh, told me that at the weekend, and they said, yeah. I don't know anything at all about football, as an excuse for not listening to this, yeah? And then yeah. they said, oh, and yeah, I, yeah. I know George Clooney's buying Derby. I had no idea George Clooney was interested in Derby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And perhaps the most unlikely thing uh, that happened this week was I renewed my season ticket. Hey! So, <laughs> yeah. Hey. It's tempted not well, to. Well, there you go, though. You know, you, you, you're almost, you're not quite as due a good season as we are, but you know, you do a good run. No, 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 there is that. There is that. There is anyway, that. Um, I enjoyed seeing this week pictures of the two-metre-high bronze statue of Ronaldo in Funchal in Madeira. Apparently, people are under the impression that touching the bulge on the front of the Chosen One's shorts will bring good luck. And this focused massaging has made his bell end change colour to a shiny yellow, so it looks like it's lit up under his shorts. And either that, either it's good, for, it's for luck, or the statue is performing some sort of picture of Dorian Gray role relative to Ronaldo's real person, <laughs> protecting him from aging and having a penis like a light bulb. But well, yes, or, or even better than that, maybe this is happening in real life as, as well. well. Yeah, I've also also been terribly uh, inspired by the Oscars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't you think it's liberating when, when uh, at an awards event, a man can strike another man in the face and then return to his seat only to win a major prize <laughs> later on? It's just a wonderful thing. I think this should be the template. I think the winner-elect should always have to fight the outgoing winner uh, from the year yeah. before. You know, a case of uh, the bloke comes on with last year's Oscar and goes, you want it? You fight me for yeah. it. And I think that would be really so, good. They, they could do that and it would jazz up Young Musician of the Year, no end. <laughs> well, Will Smith's a holder now, isn't he? So, you know, it's bad news for yeah. Ben Kingsley if he was to win it next year. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's like pro-celebrity boxing. <laughs> and I was talking about Ronaldo's statue. When I was in South Korea a couple of years ago, because my son is working out at the moment, I went with, with my other sons and him, of course, to the World Cup Museum, which is in the big stadium in Seoul. And it was great. And there was a tornado, actually at the time so only a handful of stupid English tourists were out and about at all and we had the place to ourselves and there was a statue there of Gus Hiddink the manager on their run to the semi-finals in uh, 2002 oh, right. and people had a similar idea about about that uh, only a, a much more polite people the Koreans than the tourists in Madeira uh, so everyone had their picture taken shaking Hiddink's outstretched hand but the statue wasn't bronze it was like it had been like sort of plaster of Paris or something and his hand was worn away to a really grotesque stump it was really unpleasant so it was like, it's like a waxwork, almost like a Madame Tussauds deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deal. But it was, but there was something sort of powdery about it. Now, anyway, I, I, n- <laughs> I now want to know which of the exhibitions in Madame Tussauds is the most. Is the most for touched luck. for luck? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Surely there should be some sort of lead. I would have thought David Beckham's golden bollocks would feature quite highly. <laughs> if he's still in there, if he's still anyway, in enough there. genitals. Before we talk, uh, before we uh, tuck into the international smorgasbord of the last World Cup qualification break, let us first raid the back of the fridge for this stray gherkin and the small months-old tub of creamy herb dip that came with the pizza to bring the order up to the delivery minimum. That is the very bottom of the EFL, where Oldham, my team were as good as dead at five o'clock on Saturday. But then on Tuesday evening, just as the autopsy was getting underway, one of the scientists noticed that a finger was moving. Now, hopefully <laughs> we're about to start rampaging around like the alien in Independence Day, the one who strangles Mr. Data off of Star Trek, the next generation. Uh, that particular alien, of course, was the recipient of what was prior to this week, Will Smith's most famous punch. The one where he goes, welcome to Earth. <laughs> Poor old Chris Rock, eh? You know. yeah. Next time he should bring along his brother, Dwayne the. So, on Saturday, Oldham lost at home again to Mansfield Town, uh, who were managed by Nigel Clough and doing pretty well, down the bottom earlier in the season, but now pushing for the playoffs. Incredibly, again, Oldham were ahead at half-time, again conceded an equaliser earlier in the second half, again were hanging on for dear life for the draw towards the end, and again lost to a goal in the 95th minute. I mean, fortunately, I didn't get the full devastating impact of that as I went to a friend's book launch on Saturday, which went on longer than I thought it was going to. So I found out the results before the detail, the actual detail of the, of the late losing goal. Did you see, by the way, um, Ryan Reynolds' um, quote after uh, Wrexham beat D Dover 6-5 with two yes. goals coming from 5-4 down to the team who are on minus four points and already relegated. Two goals in injury time to win 6-5. He said it had taken nine years off his life. He's he's not going to last, is he? He's not going to last to judge Rex. <laughs> that was I. I you know I was watching. I was kind of watching that game on Sky Sports in that way. That in that you way can. that you can, like um, used to watch on teletext. And, 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, well Wrexham were 2 0 up, yeah. and then Dover, who, as you, as you know, were relegated last, last week, week yeah. um, already, went 5, five two, 2 up and then lost 6 5. And it was just, ah, oh, when it had got to 5 all, you just kind of wanted it to be 6 5, not because you wanted Dover not to win, just because it's a better story. Yeah, and it was quite, and, and, and it is know, quite a good story. And Wrexham, Wrexham are story. second now, I think, aren't they? In the, yeah, the, yeah. Anyway, for Oldham, anyway, that was uh, the, the Mansfield game on Saturday was six defeats in a row, four. Four of which have seen us conceding a goal after the 94th minute. Four out of six. Can you believe that? It's our worst winless run since 2017-18 when, lucky omen perhaps, uh, we were relegated from League One. Our manager back then was Richie Wellens and he brought his Leighton Orient side to neglected, weed-strewn, ruined Fortress Boundary Park on Tuesday night. And our midfield was bolstered by the surprise return of Christopher Misselou home early from his international break with Congo. As it's become common in recent weeks, we went a goal up in the first half, an own goal, powered home off the forehead of a hapless defender, always a special pleasure, I think we've mentioned that before. Um, and so we were stealing ourselves, of course, for the second half equalising error, which strangely for once, it just wasn't coming. And then when the fourth official indicated the mandatory five minutes of added time that we that teams need to score, the, that late winner, uh, we braced for impact. And sure enough, 94 minutes, 40-odd seconds, Orient had a corner, packed the box, the ball floated over, and I was just waiting, you know, just waiting for the net to ripple. Our keeper, uh, Danny Rogers, sort of punched it, sort of two-handed, 
down onto the ground in front of him, where surely an Orient player was going to stride onto it and smash it in. But no, suddenly two Oldham players were running away with it against the one defender left in the centre circle. They passed it by him without fucking it up. Incredible. And Callum Whelan was running in on goal and then hit what looked like a really weedy shot, a really gentle pass back. And I'd already started to sigh when I realised that it was rolling into an empty net and their keeper was nowhere to be seen. I hadn't noticed that he'd gone up for the corner and he, uh-huh. he didn't even make it back to halfway. Still, it wouldn't be an Oldham game without a 95th minute goal. And this time we got it and we won 2-0. So now we're ahead of Stevenage on goal difference, having played a game more uh, when we had loads of games in hand a couple of weeks ago on account of their manager, Guy Liner, tactically postponing their games until he can sort them out. And we play them at Stevenage on Saturday. And I I believe it was Tim Healy in uh, Boston's Cup who said, "Uh, this is our cup final. (laughs) That's what that is. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I, a lot of people are thinking the World Cup draw on Friday is going to be the big sports uh, story of the week, but clearly not. Clearly not. It's going to be Stevenage, Stevenage versus well, Alberta. Yeah. I will certainly be keeping Well, we had this uh, international break that we just had. It's almost but not quite tied up the qualification for the World Cup. Um, qualifying playoffs for the three remaining European places. Two of those were decided. The one that wasn't, of course, was the one featuring Wales and or Scotland. Um, Wales beat Austria last Thursday, thanks to a couple of fine goals from their captain, Gareth Ponytail. Uh, But the game between Scotland and Ukraine to determine their opponents has been indefinitely postponed. The thinking is that it will be played in June, but you can't tell, can you, in the situation over there? There was an invasion, apparently. Um, But what it means, at least, is when the draw for the finals takes place on Friday, which may well be uh, today, the day that you're listening to this, uh, that both Wales and Scotland will be in it will be in the World Cup draw. Scotland for the first yeah. time since 1998, Wales for the first time since 1958. So that's something, isn't it? Unless Boris Johnson gets his way. Did you see what he was saying this week? With his finger on the pulse, as usual, of public opinion, and his usual impeccable timing, he suggested that Ukraine should be given a bye to the World Cup. Uh, you know, way, way right. to ward off Indy Ref 2. You know, well done. Yeah. <laughs> you know, managed to piss yes. off both the Scots and the Welsh in one fell swoop. <laughs> yeah. And do you think, here's a quiz question for you, do you think he could find a way to use football to also piss off the English, the Irish and the Northern Irish? Yes, he could. Yes, yes he, he could. Can. Because he also suggested <laughs> that Ukraine should be made host of Euro 2028, which is almost ours in the bag. It's almost the UK, which he's the Prime Minister of, and Ireland, who just hates his stupid face, that the strong favourites for it. Oh, man. Did you see him shambling around at the NATO summit, Boris? No one talking to him, just putting his hand in his jacket pocket and then taking it out again. No one thinking it was worth discussing anything with him. Like the father of the bride at a stagger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot. Yes, a lot. And, you know, perhaps no one was speaking to him because he likened the Russian invasion of Ukraine to Brexit. And so he managed to piss off almost everyone, almost everyone except Biden. And Biden doesn't really know who he is, I think. But anyway... No. The other two European qualifying places went to Poland, who, who beat Sweden, who'd beaten the Czech Republic, and Portugal, who beat Turkey, and then North Macedonia, who'd beaten Italy. And that's the big story, isn't it? And it's amazing. If you think that Italy, story. the European champions, you know, just last summer, painfully, uh, are missing a second World Cup in a row. Um, and in 2010, you know, they didn't win a game. 2014, they only beat England. Uh, lost to Costa Rica, lost to Uruguay, um, and they didn't qualify for 2018, which means that the only team Italy have beaten in a finals match since they won the thing in 2006 is us, and that's going to be the case until at least 2026. Uh, that is uh, incredible, uh, and, and then they rubbed it in by beating us in the Euro final as well. I was yeah. interested to see that uh, Roberto Mancini was immediately linked with the Man United job. 
It's like it's like any time a top manager gets knocked out of something, he'd be perfect for Old Trafford, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. The moment they've the moment they've just just gone over the top of the yeah. hill, they, they're, 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 their ascension has yeah, finished. Yeah. They start to descend. They're linked with the United. Just as they've, they've, they've decided to reveal an, an echoing fallibility, you know, just cavernous yeah. Yeah. failure. Yeah. I can't see that. I, you know, I, I, the the uh, the, the uh, uh, parallel with uh, with Benitez taking over uh, Everton, of course. You know, I can't see that going down well. Can you uh, ex City boss taking over United? I don't know if that's well. Happening. No, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Um, I um, I also think it's great. It's great that uh, well, obviously it isn't great that the all of the qualification has been sorted out because it's to do with a war. But it does also increase FIFA's chances of mucking up the yeah, draw, which uh, you know which they managed to do last time rather brilliantly. In they the did manage to do that last time. Oh no, no, that was the UEFA. UEFA yeah. 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 No, yeah. but uh, FIFA. Uh, you know, they're, they're going to have to have you know more more balls of van. <laughs> <laughs> slots. Um, yeah, it, but it's, the maths is slightly more complicated. It's not just the, the Ukraine deal. thing either, though. There are still some playoffs outstanding. There are going to be other either-ors. There's uh, Peru against either Australia or UAE, still to yeah. be played for one place, and um, Costa Rica against New Zealand. And New Zealand beat the Solomon Islands in their playoff 5-0 this week, um, but only a couple of days ago, which means that the Solomon Islands... We're in the World Cup longer than Italy. Yes, that is that's very it pleasing. And also, and also, of course, I imagine there's going to be a lot of um, complaining from both uh, Egypt mm. uh, and from Nigeria, mm. um, uh, the things that happened in their qualifications. This well, week. yeah, we'll come to that. Um, I mean, the the, uh, the Portugal um, game where Portugal f- uh, beat North Macedonia, that was a bit of a, it was a, from a neutral point of view, a bit of a shame that it wasn't Portugal Italy. It was a Titanic struggle with one place on. On the line, it yeah. was a bit of a shame. But so we were watching the England game and the Oldham game uh, on Tuesday night, uh, but following the scores in the others. And my son John's friend Torin, who's a Man United fan, said said he'd do a backflip if Bruno Fernandes had got both goals. We saw it; it was two 0 and we knew that Fernandes had scored the first. He said if Fernandes scored yeah. the second, he'd do a backflip. And then we found out, you know, he uh, Fernandes had scored the second goal. And so we said, "Come on, then. There's a lot of space on the floor there." And he went, "Yeah, I can't do one." So why say that you will? You know, <laughs> what sort of a, what sort of a bet is yeah. that? If if Bruno Fernandes has scored both the goals, I'm going to turn base metal into yes, gold. Exactly. I mean, say you'll do something that you can do. Uh, you know, if Fernandes has scored both goals, I'll I'll have a sip of tea. You know, not a, not a yeah. big sip. It might still be hot, but you know. But as you say, there were also playoffs in Africa for the five places available, and all quite dramatic stuff. I mean, I, you know, I feel like I, I know quite a lot about those African teams because of the very recent AFCON in in Cameroon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Cameroon qualified with the sort of late, late goal that Oldham have been conceding, knocking out Algeria on away goals, which they still have in the World Cup, apparently. Um, but yes. not everyone in the country was happy about it. I read an article about this. Not, not everyone in Cameroon was happy about it. There's a separatist movement in roughly 20% of Cameroon that is uh, leftover Anglophone, English-speaking, from uh, from right. when they split the country up in the, after, during the First World War, I think. Um, and the rest speaks French. 
and the Anglophone section resents the successes of the indomitable lions because of the way that the government of President Paul Bia, who's been in charge for nearly 40 years, they, they co-opt football to distract the population from, from the crisis in a sort of bread and circuses sort of way. And so they've, they've stopped kind of falling for that. They've stopped kind of supporting the team. There's, they, they have a thing, uh, you know, the uh, anyone but United that, that, that is a sort of uh, yeah, yeah. undercurrent in English football. There's ABC they have, anyone but Cameroon. They were supporting anyone but Cameroon in Cameroon. Um, apparently, yeah. there were celebrations in this region when uh, the, when Cameroon lost in the semi-final of the AFCON in Cameroon. Um, and the, the government had laid on lots of free buses to try and get them in, to get them to get into it. But there were no takers, no takers from so, that. So, in, in, in a sense, they're using football for political ends because they resent other people using football for political yes, ends. Yes, I mean, football has become a political football. You know, there's no... Yes, it has, uh, it has. There's no the, reason The it. sort of football that football has become Ooh. is a political one. Political football. <laughs> yeah. And exactly in this country also, talking is. about the free buses in Cameroon, did you see that, uh, oh, yes. that we spoke briefly last week, didn't we, with David, about the uh, the plea from Andy Burnham, the mayor of Greater Manchester, and Steve Rotherham, the mayor of Liverpool. Uh, Dave Liverpool, the mayor of Rotherham, hasn't yet uh, chimed in. But to uh, switch the Liverpool-Man City Cup semi to Old Trafford, because there are going to be no trains that whole weekend from Liverpool and Manchester to London. Yeah. So the M6 is just going to be a car park. And the FA have now responded, saying they're not going to move the final, but they're going to lay on 100 free coaches. So that's what you're all going to be stuck behind on the motorway. The 100, yeah, yeah, 100 free coaches. Uh, with with, with 5,000 fans in, apparently, which is you know is is barely scratching the surface of the people who are going to have to drive down there. It'd be interesting to see whether yeah. those coaches I mean, get delayed and if they hold the kickoff, because they sometimes do that, don't they, if there's... Yes, yeah. but also, brilliantly, if it had been the final, then 5,000 uh, uh, births on the coaches would have been enough because they don't give the teams any bloody tickets. <laughs> but for the semi-final, as well, it happens, uh, they do. Yeah, yeah. And also, if uh, if Chelsea get through, then they, they wouldn't need any coaches, would they? They wouldn't, need, they wouldn't be able to sell any tickets. So. I was going to go back to Wales, actually, because I just I'm very, I very much enjoyed um, 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 Gareth Ponytail's um, the reaction in Spain to his two <laughs> goals um, that, that he scored yeah. um, on Tuesday, which which was, was to describe him as a parasite uh, because he's he's only played, I think he's played one game for Real Madrid this season. And then he goes out and scores these two goals and they're absolutely, fu they're furious with him. And it's Marco, no, Marco um, uh, uh, had this long article about how, he, you know, he could have been a, a hero. He's won the Champions League four times, but now everybody hates him, blah, 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 blah. And and they said, you know, it makes, it makes you sick to your stomach to think what he's done to Real Madrid. And then he goes out and does that for Wales. And it just reminds me, I'm afraid this is this is true. So it's not up to. It just reminds me of a mate of mine whose wife had left him and gone out with this other bloke, and he heard uh, down the grapevine about some uh, spectacular thing that they got up to, and he said, "Oh, she never did that for me." <laughs> and it just, and it just it just reminded me of this was exactly what they were talking about about with Bell. Oh, if you found out. Uh, why would you tell him? <laughs> I don't even know. I think I mean, it's different for Gareth Bale because his goals are on the television, you know, and in the papers and stuff. I mean, uh, yeah. isn't isn't the, the the solution to Real Madrid to getting the best out of uh, Gareth Bale putting him on the fucking pitch with a shirt on? You know, they don't pick him, do they? They don't. He doesn't get in the team. 
No, no. Um, he, he, he certainly seems to be uh, out of favour. Is Ancelotti there at the moment? I, it's it's no, very no. difficult to keep up think, with Real I Madrid. Think it is, yeah. <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, go, yeah. back to uh, the uh, qualifiers in Africa. There was a rerun, wasn't there, of the AFCON final between Senegal and yeah, yeah. Egypt, which went to penalties, as the final did. And again, Senegal won with Sadio Mane scoring and Mo Salah not. And the controversy was over. Did you see the picture of Mo Salah uh, with all the laser pointers I, directed at his face? Well, after you pointed it out yeah. to me, yes, I did. I mean, he was yeah, like, his face was like completely green. It was like it wasn't like but, I was well, expecting it to be like you know a little sniper's <laughs> yeah, thing, yeah. you know. But his face, was, his whole was, face was green. It was all those dots all over. I mean, I saw it I, after you told me. I, I saw it on Sky Sports, and uh, and there he was lining up to play, and all these dots all over. And you just wanted to hear the phrase "want to be not." <laughs> that's what it, that, cause that was what it looked like. It looked like he was slowly dissolving into the ether. Excellent. Two Star Trek jokes in one chair. That's excellent. Uh, <laughs> so, and the, the South American uh, ten-team table wound up as well. The top four were already sure of uh, qualifying by the last uh, round of games: Brazil, Argentina, Ecuador, and Uruguay. But there was some goal line controversy. Did you see this in the last minute of the match between Uruguay and Peru, where uh, and Uruguay were one 0 up, and uh, the Peruvian fullback crossed it into the area. The Uruguayan keeper caught it and stepped back into his goal, and they were convinced yeah. they had gone over, uh, uh, gone over the line. Uh, and they had, for some reason, they had VAR, but not the goal line technology refs watch thing that buzzes when it's over the line. They didn't yeah, have yeah, that. Yeah but they did have VAR and the referee didn't check and the television just wouldn't show the replay in the stadium or, 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 or on the coverage. Uh, and, oh man, and it sent Uruguay through. But, um, yeah. Isn't, isn't, isn't it traditional in a situation like that that if the ball's going into the Uruguayan net at the last minute of a very important game that Luis Suarez handles, handles it, it over yeah. the bar? Or else, yeah, yeah, or else bites someone, yeah. There, yeah, yeah, there yeah. is that. So, yeah, so I, uh, Peru, moved on. Peru did uh, make the make the playoff, which is one of the either ors that we still haven't uh, for the draw tomorrow. Uh, my mate Colombian Steve needed his lads to beat uh, Venezuela, which they did, but he also needed Peru to lose to Paraguay, which they didn't. So Peru will play off against Australia or the United Arab Emirates. And there was also a, 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 a pleasing finale to the uh, North American qualifying because we talked haven't we about Canada and their skillful use yep. of the climate to um to unsettle their their Caribbean <laughs> rivals. Skillful use of latitude. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean I think it's a great story and Canada have finished top of that group which is great. And um yeah. USA and Mexico also through but USA only on goal difference ahead of Costa Rica who are playing New Zealand in the other sort of either or thing that's still left. Um yeah. yeah. And so, just we're well, just to, uh, to talk about England uh, briefly. I mean, there's obviously a, a couple of, of big things there. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the, the booing of Harry Maguire, which obviously happened in the Ivory Coast game, but the first game against Switzerland, they did the. Did you see the dementia shirts thing that they did? Yeah. I, I, I now, did, and that wasn't really well, explained to me. No. Okay, so <laughs> what they did was they, they, they wore shirts without numbers and names on their back for the second half. Yeah. But they had okay. numbers, but to not raise, names. They had numbers. Uh, they might have had numbers, but yeah. not names. No, I remember yeah. seeing so, a Kane nine, and then a, a, he was yeah. holding them up together. Yeah. yeah. So this was to, ra to raise <laughs> to raise um, awareness mm. of dementia. Now, I've got to tell you, I was watching that game with my father, who has <laughs> dementia, <laughs> oh dear. right? And who was also partially deaf, well, mostly deaf. Yeah. So he watches the game, and the only way he knows who any of the players are is by being able to read the name on the back of their shirt. So you've got to think... 
you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot. It is, isn't it? Isn't it like writ large the the phenomenon of uh, don't you know who I am? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, and also didn't I'm fairly sure that didn't it the FA? Do you remember they were trying to do some sort of homeless charity thing at um, uh, at uh, Christmas? Um, where they wanted to play the game on Boxing Day with a different sort of a shirt because it took to raise awareness for homelessness. And the FA said, oh, no, you can't do that. You can't change the shirt in any way. You know, it's it's absolutely not. And then suddenly they do that. Uh, Anyway, I mean, a good thing that they're they're approaching it, but but a really bad way to do it. It was an odd (laughs) thing to do because I saw it. I saw it. To the the pick the two shirts the cane nine and the nine yeah. uh, to, uh, and the uh, the caption just said to raise awareness of Al- and I think what how have they, how are they raising awareness of Alzheimer's with this did they get the Alzheimer's guy to do the shirts you know how how, how, how does it work I, 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 it wasn't fully explained I don't no think. no and, and neither probably could it be no. <laughs> to tell you the honest truth well no and, and as you said there were these two England friendlies over the weekend against against teams yeah. that have qualified for the World Cup which we should just take a moment to think of all the great players who will be missing out now um, Mo Salah uh, Luis Diaz will be having a break um, mid-season break Zlatan Ibrahimovic uh, all the yeah. Italians Verratti Donnarumma Chiesa Riyad Mahrez isn't going and of course, Marcus Rashford. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, uh, <laughs> and Harry Maguire. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so on Saturday tea time, um, we played against Switzerland, and who'd qualified ahead of Italy, as did everyone else. <laughs> and, <Yes. laughs> and it was pleasing um, since he's played in in uh, in uh, England a lot to see Shakiri. He still looks good. He still looks. He's a very skillful player. Still made their goal, didn't he? Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, obviously, I've seen an awful lot of Julius yeah. Shakiri, and there isn't an awful and, lot of Stokes City. No, there isn't an awful lot of him. Um, I've actually seen him score a headed goal, which shows he must have played quite a few games for us. <laughs> it really is snowing here. Um, is it? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's a great play. It's absolutely. You're not still in snow. Barbados, are you? No. No, no I'm, I'm in. I'm in the environment, Stoke on Trent. Okay. Well, yeah. So the the, the, like, the interesting um, from a statistical point of view that uh, Harry Kane went level with Bobby Charlton, uh, one ahead of Gary Lineker, and Kane's 49th goal was a penalty, which Gary's would have been, wouldn't it? If he yeah, hadn't yeah, scuffed yeah, that Beninka yeah. thing against Brazil, uh, but forty-nine yeah. goals in sixty-nine games—that's pretty good going. It's pretty good going, Harry Kane. Yes. I mean, you know, obviously he gets uh, he gets a lot of opportunities to uh, to play large parts of uh, friendlies, but uh, even so, he's he's got a very good oh, no, ratio. I think, I think, yeah, I think that's I think the ratio is a key thing. That's that that's a proper record. Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes you get these records. They played uh, one thousand four hundred fifty-seven internationals, and so, Ali Dai yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. from Iran, for yeah. instance, a great player, and 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 has a place in my well, heart. Well, he's just but, four. He's know, four he behind was, uh, Rooney, isn't he? He holds the actual the, uh, the outright record. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Rooney played one hundred twenty games, didn't he? So he's got you know yeah, he's got fifty games to to, to stay yeah. ahead. God, don't say that. That means it'll happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so as you were saying, I guess the Ivory Coast, um, old slabhead Maguire got booed. And um, Southgate made a surprisingly big deal out of it, I thought. I mean, haven't England players always been... Uh, there's always been some, you know, club club rivalry booing. There's been... Um, I remember, um, for actually for quite a similar reason, um, and not the, the most obvious superficial reason, John Barnes used to get booed, didn't he, towards the end of his career? Not, no, not for the obvious thing, but because he was perceived to be the manager's favourite, that Graham Taylor and Terry yeah. Venables were picking him when he, when he was past his best. And, yeah. you know, and also there was an article I, about I think, him I, supporting the West Indian cricket team, which I don't think... I yeah, I, I think... I, I mean, I do think there's a difference uh, in that... Maguire is being booed for his club form, yeah. supposedly. Yeah. And 
he knows that he's struggling. Everybody else knows he's struggling, but he's not let England down, as Gareth no, Southgate no. would say. And he's, you know, Gareth Southgate's very good at picking people that aren't even necessarily playing for their club if they've done yes. a, a job. Yes, he is. Sterling being a classic he is. And But um, he also did the other thing just today of saying, well, Harry Maguire's not guaranteed a place in the, in the World Cup team, you know. Okay. Yeah, and he shouldn't be, of course. Sure but you don't need to say it now. You know, on the back of uh, saying that you know that, that this is this is intolerable that they sh- he should be booed. I mean, he, it's a shame for old Maguire because he was once not long ago the darling, wasn't he, of the England fans? Because he was like they used to sing, "He's one of our own." Because he used to be an England fan to the previous tournaments, to the one that he was playing in, and had gone and yeah. had gone to all the games and stuff, and so. I, I, you know, I do feel sorry for him. I mean, as you say, his form has f- fallen away for United, but I think they play different. He plays a different game for England, you know, because they England's backline play deeper because he's got the, so he's got the time, you know, to to look up and find yeah. a ball. He's got they, they do a lot more of that passing the ball across the back four than Man United do. And and England have better players in front yeah, of them yeah, than yeah, Manchester yeah. United do, who work harder and, than Manchester United. But they do have do. the same player on the left of him, you know, Luke Shaw, who is. Uh, yeah, yeah. But for United, he's when he bombs up. If uh, when Maguire is playing so close to the halfway line, he's got a lot of space to cover. If if Shaw gets bypassed, yeah, yeah, and yeah, you know, and he's 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 good. He's a very good um, you know set piece uh, defender, very good header, obviously with his slab head. But he does. He's not a pace. He's not pace. Is he? He's not got pace. No, 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 no. Well, that's certainly, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's why, you know, Walker's forever uh, been drifting back into yeah, the side yeah. because every because time he can they catch do, anyone. they want to play five. Yeah. Yeah. He, yes, he can, he, can, he can catch anyone. I mean, I think, I think you know my view on booing, I'll tell you before, yeah. I just, I find it, it, it Particularly at uh, uh, comedy gigs, it's just, you know. Intolerable. Yeah, yeah, and, and I've heard a lot of yeah, that. Yeah. You know. And at the Oscars, <laughs> they were still also. booing him when I was on. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, but uh, you just wonder what, what what do they think? Do they think he doesn't know he's not playing he's not playing yeah. very well for his club? So this will tell him, or he'll play better if we boo him. I don't understand. I don't understand the motivation. What it is meant to do? And of course, the Switzerland game was 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 really really upsetting because my absolute worst thing in the world happened again, which was which was the Mexican. Are <laughs> you just think? You just think. What? 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 What's the players think? You know that, that it isn't entertaining enough to be mm. watching an England international. We'll have to do the Mexican wave. You can't imagine it happening during a performance of Hamlet, can you? Even even the bitch when Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are in it. Yeah. You don't see people starting the Mexican I wave. I think I've, to spice I've only seen up. the Mexican wave at Shakespeare twice. I think. I think. Just yeah. Like, well, there you go. That shows how yeah, rare yeah. it is. And you've been to three Shakespeare uh, plays, at haven't least, you? Yeah. So, yeah. So no, no, so that goes to yeah. Show. Uh, but I, anyway, I was, before we uh, leave I, Harry Maguire, I was very um, taken with uh, a quote from uh, Jamie Carragher, who said he's international class, but not world class, which is a distinction that only Jamie Carragher would make. I think. I think it's like it's uniquely his ballpark to 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 want to to want to make a fine distinction between international class and world class. That, yeah, I mean, I love all of the, all of those things. Yeah. You know, you know, he's I, he, he's you know he's he's very much a League One player, or he's a you know yeah. disc player, or he's an international player. He's in, you know, uh, I, I hate all of those things. They just and it reminds me. I don't know why they still do this. Even in the posh newspapers, they still after an England game will give all the players marks out of yeah. ten. Like that means 
anything at all. Yeah. It's completely balmy. <laughs> it's so pure. Well, and you used to, didn't you? When you were, you know, when you were growing up, you, if you saw something yeah. like that, you'd think, "Oh, that's you know, they they've seen something I haven't seen." And now you just think, yeah. "What the fuck game were you looking at?" <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you, yeah. I think that when I'm reading almost anything, yeah, yeah. but then so did, you know, my, did we learn? My... Did we actually learn? all that much from these fictions. I mean, they, 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 they were reasonably enjoyable, both of them, actually. But um, I think we saw Jude Bellingham playing well, looking good, playing num- number well, 10. I think apart from anything else, we won We won them, them both. And, you know, we, we've rarely win 200 yeah, pounds. And even less... And, and the other thing is we beat Switzerland. Now, Switzerland are exactly the sort of mm. team that we struggle to beat. Sweden, Denmark, the teams who are nice and tidy at the back and who don't, don't give oh, too yeah, much and away. They're always, and we always struggle. They're always uh, bizarrely highly high in the rankings, aren't they, Switzerland? Because yes. they, they, yes, they, they farm their friendlies very carefully so that they only... They only yeah. play against um, teams that will give them a lot of ranking points if they get a result. And I think I think they. I mean, those three, especially. I think I think you get you get extra points, don't you, for being neutral during the <laughs> time. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So that, that, that would have helped all three of so. those. I think. I'm and right I think I, you just yeah. the, the the occasional muttering of of the phrase Nazi gold, you know, while they're playing is you know. There's always, always a little bit of that, yeah. isn't there? Um, just just to finish up, I know that you were very taken with the fact that Roman Abramovich oh, was at yeah. the peace talks and was poisoned. I don't really know where to go with that story at all. Well, it's interesting to, because what was he doing there? I mean, and he's a, he's a guy, Roman Abramovich, who, who just can't stay out of the news just now, can he? I mean, he used to be such a quiet chap and you'd never hear anything from him. But now yeah. look, he's giving Chelsea to a charity. He's having all his assets frozen. He's putting the thing up for sale. Somehow he's in the middle of the uh, Russia-Ukraine peace talks and not quite clear why, getting poisoned. And uh, you know, apparently, yeah. the people who are supposedly that some of the Uc- a couple of the Ukraine people were allegedly suffering from the side for the effects of the poison, but then denied it. Uh, but apparently, the yeah. people who who were in that little group only had chocolate and water, which is going to narrow things down yeah. for Poirot, isn't it? A little bit, you know. Who, who brought, bit, the, who brought yeah. the, the, choc- the chocolate? I, you know, I, I'm slightly worried because I know you've not been feeling very no, well. Have you right. had any? What? You see, you could well have been, and you only eat chocolate and water uh, mostly. Yeah, that is that's true. Actually, maybe it could, well, maybe it's yeah. maybe it's not poisoning. Maybe it's a uh, it's a dietary uh, thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, two things about Abramovich. One, yes, we're seeing more of him, but we still don't hear him. So I'm yeah. still convinced he's got a really, really high pitched voice. <laughs> that's definitely true. Okay, and the other thing is, like you say, what was he doing there? You know, okay, we'll have we'll have we'll, so we, we welcome uh, Mr. Oloshenko and Mr. Yanushenko from Ukraine, also Mr. Petrov and Mr. Chilov from Russia, and also uh, as independent we have Mr. Andy Peters from BBC's <laughs> television broom cupboard. You know, why why Abramovich? Why not Andy Blinky well, Peters or Philip Schofield? Abramovich or, wouldn't come with a puppet, and that would have taken that that would wouldn't. have trivialised the whole oh, thing. And, now that's ironic, isn't oh, yeah. it? Because of oh, course yeah. he may well actually be <laughs> the Kremlin's puppet. And I think on that bombshell, we'll take a break and wait for our guests to come in. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Well, one of the things we've always wanted to do on this show is a segment called I Am Not My Brother's Keeper, in which we bring family members of previous guests <laughs> on to badmouth their predecessors. <laughs> it is inspired by former England striker Bob Latchford and his brother Dave, who brilliantly and ever so briefly actually was his brother's keeper, playing in goal for Birmingham <laughs> as Bob broke into the first team. Anyway, that's all by the by, as our guest today is a media butterfly, pollinating subjects and media with abandon. Yes, his brother's been on the show, but we really wanted him in the first place. <laughs> Welcome to Sam Delaney. Well, hello. Hi, Sam. Hello, Nick. Hello, it's Chris. lovely to have you on. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for asking me. Yes, of course, I've known you for a very long time, but I haven't seen you for an incredibly long time. No. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't think. Uh, I, I'm sure you were in short trousers. No, I, I think I we bumped you. into each other maybe at Talk Sport, but even that was like probably over five, ten years ago, something mad like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and yeah, obviously, you, 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 I mean, you've got an incredibly uh, uh, wide-ranging um, CV um, of podcasts and television and, and radio talks. What you just mentioned, um, articles um, um, in in various newspapers. We read your article in the Big Issue actually recently, which which we'll come back to uh, about sort of general um, sort of disaffection, uh, but also love for the game mm. of football, which is kind of what we talk about anyway mm. all the time. <laughs> um, but you do a West Ham blog, and I, I found that interesting because I wasn't aware you were a West Ham I don't know how I wasn't aware you were a West Ham fan. I just presumed you jumped in with the rest of your family mm. and become a Tottenham fan. Yeah. Um, but clearly this was, this was um, this must have been a bit of a labour love because it was, did you say it was 16 stops from your home? 26. To get 26. To, uh, 20, my, 26 my, to get to Upton Park. That my local be. station when I was growing up was Stamford Brook. Which is sort of, mm, which is right. in West London, like Hammersmith Way, and yeah. and uh, yeah, and it was a direct train at least. There was no changes, but it was twenty six stops, and I had twenty six, and I had stops. a mate who also lived like near to me, and we'd we'd both do it, and we yeah both did it throughout our childhoods really until we moved out, and then you know carried on travelling. Did, did you move distances. closer, or did you move somewhere no. similar and, and continue no. to wind yeah, I, I, I remained in West London. In fact, for a while we went to Bright. We, I went to Sussex University, and I continued to have a season ticket while I was there. Um, I'd had a season ticket before I went. I'd been going to to West Ham since I was like nine. I started going on my own when I was about twelve, but like every week with this mate of mine, and then we made various other friends there. And then when we went to university. We both went to the same university. It makes our relationship sound really peculiar, which it is, to be honest. And uh, and was we, the hand holding? Was it? Yeah, and we kind mm. of and we carried on. And I, I commuted from Brighton often, you know, twice a week. Mm. Got, got the yeah, got yeah. the train from Brighton. I never never missed a home game. Then and then moved back to London. Yeah, just I've, I've mainly lived in West London for most of my life, but I, I've rarely missed home games. Did you know, something that we often uh, talk to guests about is that. Um, as you get older, and you're nowhere near as old, old as, as we are, um, you sort of recognise that there's a there's a stage in your supporting of a team which was which was your time. Mm. You know yeah. what I mean? West Ham are doing fantastically well now, and maybe now is your yeah. time. Or, or would your time be the Cotty Goddard, or would it be, you know, what, what would you consider? You know, the time when... Um, when it wasn't qu quite so important and tiresome and it was just fun to be Yeah, there. I mean, for me, it was when I first sort of got super hooked would have been the, the mid-80s and the team of Cotty and McAvenny. I mean, I would have started going just before that, which would have been more the kind of tail end of Trevor Brookings' career. But Tony Cotty made his debut in 1983 and scored against Spurs and he was only 17. 
And I remember that capturing my imagination in a big way. Because I had this, I, yeah. I was already like a, a West Ham fanatic. Somehow or other, I'd become a fanatic, and I, you know, the walls were pl- walls of my room. My brother, who I shared a bedroom, was a QPR fan. There's four brothers. Only one of us supports Spurs. Actually, there's two of us are West Ham fans. One, oh yeah, you got, one, yeah, one, and then QPR, one of my, yeah, yeah. my brothers is QPR fan. So actually, Tottenham is it was a sort of a minority team in my family. I mean, I do have various uncles and people who spawn, but I wasn't that close to yes. them, so they didn't have any kind of influence yeah. over me. And so yeah. I had, uh, so I had this QPR brother who I shared a room with, and he was a lot older than me, but had it must have been a nightmare. I wrote a thing about that recently about what a nightmare it must have been for him because he was a teenager, um, and I was like a child. So there was a seven-year age gap, and he supported QPR, yeah. and I was just obsessed with West Ham and Star Wars, and we had this quite small bedroom <laughs> with a strict line down the middle of it. And on his side of the room, there was just nothing much. He kind of lived yeah. a sort of a, a sort of a life. There was just one part, small pile of clothes on the floor, and he wouldn't always come home at night. So he had various girlfriends and seemed to be quite glamorous. Yeah. And I and I was literally just a really irritating primary school kid with Star Wars figures yeah, yeah. and pictures of Trevor Brooklyn and Billy Bonds on the wall. Uh, so that yeah, must yeah. have been horrible for him at the time. I, I thought he was a horrible bully, but now I look back and my sympathies are more with him than child me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so the, the mid '80s was, and then I started going a, a lot more around the time when West Ham had that a, a great team. Or to us, it's great. I mean, it's laughable, really, to people who support <laughs> successful teams. Uh, to us, there's this iconic team that didn't win the league or even come second. We came third, but yeah. we treasure that like it yeah. was our double winning year, which just sums up being a West Ham yeah. fan, really. And and that it was Cotty, yeah, yeah. McAvenny, Alvin Martin, Alan Devonshire. And I, I absolutely loved that era, yeah. Mm. Yeah. In fact, fair enough, so you, you, you and Casper, your, your, mm. your brother who you shared a room with, I mean, you, you, you can also share that because QPR have one season where they were runners-up, which the, is in their the 70s, ultimate yeah. season. And yeah, and strange enough, we have a season where we finished fourth. So yeah. we're, we're even worse <laughs> than you, which we think of as yeah. being, you know, the absolute pinnacle. Your DVDs, you know, the, the DVDs thing. and the statues yeah, of yeah. the season you finished oh, fourth. Yeah, yeah that's what's like. Ta- what do you mean? You, you can't name, you can't name that yeah. stuff. What, a, what sort of a stroke fan do you think Yeah, we look back at <laughs> and we look back to the mid-2000s, the last time we finished in the top half of the fucking league in any of the divisions mm. we were in. But still. Uh, Oldham and yeah. West Ham had a had a particular rivalry yeah. towards the end of the 80s, at 1991. It was, uh, it was in the 90s, and I, I, re- I remember when you beat us 6-0 in the semi-final of the league The uh, Valentine's Day Massacre. Massacre. I believe that was. And I yeah. was so... I was so... I mean, I would have been, I guess, 15, 16... And I'd worked myself into an emotional frenzy in anticipation <laughs> of this game. Because I'd never seen, I was too young to just go to Wembley in 80. And we'd gone there in 81 and lost in the League Cup final. And I, I thought, well, we're there now. We've got Oldham. I mean, Oldham were a good yeah. team. Yeah, but I yeah. still thought, come on, it's Oldham. It's not like we've got to get past Liverpool. And yeah, yeah I, I, that was I, six I, nil at Boundary Park. That was the first leg. And I remember going to the second leg. I at, went to the second leg, Upton yeah. Upton Park. And yeah. they were three nil up. West Ham were three nil up, and yeah. people were actually thinking they're going to fucking do this. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. You go to watch, you <laughs> go to watch a game where you know you, you should be as serene as it's possible to be at a football match, watching the second leg yeah. when you've won the first leg six nil. But what I they had? Who was the? Was it McCloskey, the goalkeeper? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he had a, he had a th- they had a tactic on the day where he would kick it out of his hands and it would land on our penalty spot. And then he yeah. would scrap for it there. And he yeah. had an enormous kick on him. And Oldham yeah. did, 
Joe Royal had a goalkeeper on the bench, which you which in those days you didn't do. You didn't have right. a you, you know there wasn't there wasn't there, there weren't the benches like there is now. There, yeah. You had two subs, and he put a goalkeeper on the bench just because he thought the one way in which we're going to fuck this up is if the goalkeeper gets carried off or sent off. You know, we need uh, another one. Sent I remember that <laughs> night really well, and I remember going and and we had sort of and in that sort of. No, I, I was still, I was probably, at the, maybe that was the moment that killed it for me, that kind of naive optimism, despite the fact that we had been con- complete rubbish throughout my childhood, apart from that one season. Yeah. And, but I still thought, I always dreamt, I sort of, you know, I loved Roy the Rovers and I sort of thought that those, the narratives in, in those comics were like reality and they actually could happen in real life. So, you know, I, I remember going to that uh, game and, okay. I, and Lou Macari <laughs> or Billy Bonds kind of played like five players up front. And so I thought, oh, absolutely, we're going to come back. But what I remember most about the night when you when you beat us 6-0 was I did that thing of um, waiting for it to come on either Sports Night or Midweek Sports Special. I can't remember which without checking teletext. Yes. And I had... Sports um, Night with Coleman. It must have been, <laughs> And that started quite late. But I remember mm. eating a Findus Lean Cuisine meatballs in sauce, right? <laughs> Lovely. And the reason I, I... I was always a big fan of the Lean Cuisine. The, 400 the, yeah, calories or less. They were really nice. My yeah. mum always had loads of them in the freezer because she was always dieting, right? Um, but I yeah. really liked them. So I'm pretty sure I was quite a greedy kid. So if I was having that then, I would have definitely had my dinner earlier in the evening. So this would have been like an extra meal. But maybe yeah. it's because I was so yeah. emotionally pent up. I thought, I'm going to have to go and get those meatballs out of the freezer because I don't think I'm going to be able to get through this without something inside of me. I'm going to, I'm going to have to crack yeah. open mum's lean cuisine. And the reason I remember it so much is that I cried. And I don't, I can't really remember many times crying over football. I think I can think of two occasions actually. Uh, What's one, the other one? The next season. <laughs> when, uh, oh, you didn't beat West us Ham, again, did you? We, uh, yeah, on the last day, um, they uh, West Ham had to play Notts uh, Notts County, who were going to finish fourth, and we had to play Sheffield Wednesday. Oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and and yeah. Uh, yeah, and we scored a last minute penalty to come back from two 0 down to win yeah, three two, and we were already and on you, the pitch, yeah. and they'd already engraved West Ham's name on the trophy, and they were yeah. on the pitch waiting for full time at Boundary Park, and then they had to yeah. whisk the thing away, and they gave it to Oldham uh, on the Monday at Roger Palmer's testimonial, and they're uh, looking at it. it's got it's, it's still got. So West, West Ham, Ham on it. We, I was, I was one of those idiots on the pitch. We all were, and and everyone was cheering, saying we're going up. And then suddenly, in a, uh, there was a small gap in the cheering, and we heard the announcer who was struggling to be heard over the noise. And the first thing I heard was, "But don't remember, we're still going up." Because I think that was it. We were still getting promoted, but you, but you won the title. Yeah. Oh, oh I think all four of those. It was the top four. We're yeah. all going up and playing each other yeah. on the last day. It was about the title, yeah. And we were 2-0 down to Wednesday at, at half-time. Yeah. And, and only got to 2-2 with about 10 minutes to go uh, yeah. when uh, John Sheridan gave away a penalty, and, uh, which was the first step towards him becoming an Oldham hero in mm. later years. But, uh, yeah. yeah I'm, I, I, I'm interested in that, particularly, Sam, because I know that you do a podcast called Reset, yeah. you, which is about um, mental health and well-being and all of those things. And yet your reaction in that time, uh, because of your emotional ter- turmoil, was to have a lean cuisine mm. meatball. <laughs> yeah. That, that, would you still suggest that to a lot I, of people I, I, who, who perhaps contact my you? My attitude is just whatever works, you know. I mean, I, I don't think you I should suppose. eat your feelings, right? Because that can lead you down a bad path. But if it's not, yes. if it doesn't become like a, a toxic habit, 
And sometimes you just need yeah. some meatballs to see you through a particularly intense moment. True. And then, then have yeah. some meatballs. I think it's, it's bad news for the Lean Cuisine yeah. meatball brand that it's such an unlucky dish. It was my tears. Yeah. The thing is, I remember vividly my tears falling into with the meatballs. Mixed with a sauce. Into the, yeah. well, it sort of, in a way, it seasoned them because, yeah. you know, yeah. sort of made it yeah. more... But unfortunately, yeah. as far as I'm aware, the Lean Cuisine range has been discontinued, which is a real shame. I think it has. Yeah. You just did a really good burger with cheese on it. Yeah, three hundred. Anyway, never mind. Um, so <laughs> let's let's just let's just come to the present because it was a good time to be a West Ham fan, and 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 it's a good time to be David Moyes, which it hasn't always been in the last sort of ten years. Even it is last. No, no, no. Check out his bubble gum card and uh, when he played for uh, Dunfermline. Uh, that yes, was his that, big ginger. That was hair, a yeah. good time to be David Moyes. <laughs> I mean, what is the feeling at West Ham? It's, it, it's a really strange thing with West Ham as an outsider mm. to. To think that David Moyes was there, went away and came back and he's now really, really popular. And also, with Gold and Sullivan and Brady, this sort of idea that they they go through phases of either being... It seems like people are desperate to get rid of them or it all goes a bit quiet because it's they're doing all right on the pitch. Yeah. Um, mm. I mean, is it, is it as... I presume it is as simple as that because it usually is as simple as that anywhere you go. If things are going right on the pitch, all of that stuff quietens down. It quietens down, but it doesn't go away. I would say that, you know, the, the majority of West Ham fans have wanted them out of the club for a long time. Mm. But obviously, when you're distracted by the things on the pitch going so well then there is less of an appetite for kind of being noisy and organising protests and all of that sort of stuff because, you know, then then, then there's like, you know, there'll always be a lot of conflict amongst the fans themselves because, you know, there, there are still some militant hardliners who want to remind us of, you know, the various failings of, of particularly Sullivan and Brady. Weirdly, Gold gets a free pass from most fans because he's sort of a kindly old man. Well, I have a, a friend who's a West Ham fan who calls them the Porn Brothers. <laughs> the Porn Brothers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the Dildo yeah, Brothers yeah. is the more commonly oh, the dildo used brothers, phrase. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, but as, but, but as oh, my Arsenal see? fan cousin said to me the other day, he said, bloody hell, he said, everyone's going on about Newcastle and Chelsea and all of this, uh, these other kind of toxic owners who are in league with, you know, uh, m- murderers and, and human rights abusers. And he said, but the most, and he said, and suddenly you realise the most improved team in the Premier League over the last two years are the ones owned by two porn barons and the woman off The Apprentice, <laughs> right? Which seems quite quaint <laughs> in comparison. You know, very homely. These are two lads who grew up supporting West Ham. There's a woman off The Apprentice and they run this club. And and, and I think it yeah. is, when he said it, I thought, well, actually, yeah. we are the most improved club in the Premier League over the last couple of years. It's actually quite remarkable how far we, we've come just in two years. Well, it's it's a it's a it's a seaside postcard of um, um, of a weakness that they have compared with the yeah yeah absolutely it's, yeah it's it's slap and slap and tickle rather than mm. you know thrust and shoot. <laughs> um, just wanted to say very quickly about them <laughs> being called um, actually thrust and shoot might be out for both. Never. Uh, yeah, um, 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 the, the dildo brothers reminded me. Did you see the Birmingham City um, protest two weeks no. ago? Well, you know, at Oldham, you had to throw the tennis yeah, balls yeah. on. And Birmingham City, they wanted everybody to bring a dildo to the game <laughs> and throw it onto the pitch. And you thought, oh, I don't know about that. I like that but the, what's particularly, I mean, I, I've, I, don't think, I don't think I've ever bought a dildo, but they're not cheap. I don't I mean, these are electronic devices. It's not like getting a... What when you say you, you don't throw think. at the pitch... 
I've led a long and varied life and I can imagine in some <laughs> yes. of the jobs I did when I was younger I'd have had to buy one for a comedy prop that's the only thing I can imagine yeah. I'm boy for yes, sense, do you sense, think anybody sense, said sense. Well, to that oh, well I'm going with a mate he's a bit of a knob <laughs> I'll chuck him <laughs> on the pitch <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I, I, you know, much as we'd, I'd like to stay there, let's be going. Actually, talking about your podcast reset, which I, I, I find very interesting, and, and looking at some of the stuff that uh, happened, say, to Harry Maguire last mm. week, where he was being booed by the England fans, which we have already discussed, uh, Marcus Rashford. There's been an awful lot of... Um, very personal stuff, mm. you know, for, for, for what is a team game. Yeah. You know, very personal stuff. Also, the penalties at the Euros, mm. um, um, thing, thing, things like that. I'm just wondering what what your perspective on that is. I know I have to say that, you know, I have uh, I have to hold my hands up. You know, I, I've had some soul-searching to do because when we used to do programme called The Thing It's All Over, we were quite often um, very personal yeah. about some players and some of that's come back to bite me, which I hold my hands up to. But I'm just interested if you think... You know, if, the, if, the, if you think there has been a shift, with especially with social media, obviously, or if it's always been thus... Uh, I think there has been... I, I think, actually, the truth is, is that everyone's... Football has always been really cruel, right? And and it was even even pleasant people, like us, all pleasant people. <laughs> I know I've certainly been very cruel as well in the context of standing, watching a football game and feeling that every, anything goes when you're trying to um, put off the opposition. Right. So I remember everyone giving when when Sol Campbell was openly struggling with his mental health, which was a very rare thing to be doing back then, to be open about it um, at Highbury one night. And the West Ham fans, including me, giving him so much grief incessantly throughout the game that it actually put him off his game. We went 2-0 up and he left the ground at half time. And the West Ham fans saw that as a great victory. And you look back and you think, well, it's actually really horrible. And I don't think... I think that so I think this stuff has always gone on but I think the fact that we're even having a conversation about it and the fact that the manager the other players and even Maguire himself came out and responded so quickly to it and called out the cruelty is really sort of an encouraging thing because it's always happened but what's changed is there is now a different reaction to it no one would have ever said hang on why don't you think about the way this is affecting him as an individual? We would have laughed our heads off, you know, 10, 20 years ago at the idea that we were supposed to be concerned or compassionate or thoughtful about the feelings of the footballers because we were thought that's like laughable irrelevance, you know. And now, mm. not everyone, but a hell of a lot more people are willing to sort of be a bit more reflective and and probably less, um, even in even in the heat of the moment in a game, I think a lot of people would de de certainly think twice about some of the stuff they shouted and sung now because it's just an ongoing conversation about what human impact does this have on the individual, the way in which we uh, treat them, you know. And I, th I think that's uh, that's an encouraging thing, really. Well, I, th I think it comes from both sides as well. Not that there are sides in this, but I think that, you know, there was a time when footballers were, uh, you know, encouraged to be able to take stuff, mm. that you ignored what the crowd said, that you don't you don't draw attention to yourself, uh, that, you know, your teammates will always rally around you, all that sort of thing. And so th there wasn't really any 
dialogue at all. No. It was all one way. Uh, and, and, and that's one of the things I find um, really reprehensible is when... Uh, when a player might even just look at somebody in the crowd because they've said something absolutely, mm. and they'll immediately go, no, oh, look what yeah, he's done to yeah, me. Yeah. He should you know, I hate that. That's just so, oh, yeah. so cowardly. But um, <laughs> but but I do think, I, yeah, I mean, I think, and, and I think actually the other thing is it's that, it's that Overton window thing, isn't it? Whereas now that can be news. It can be news that you can report on that sort of stuff in the ground and it's you can have an opinion on it as a reporter. You can yeah. say, this is not right, and these other people say it's not right, and that's not uh, thought to be irrelevant to your job, which I think at one stage it, it oh, definitely. sadly was. Do you remember, yeah. do you remember yeah. when like, Stan Collymore uh, first sort of yeah, came yeah. out and said that he was suffering from depression? And I remember John Gregory's reaction to it was along the lines of, well, you know, if I was paid that kind of money, I wouldn't mind being depressed. And it was sort of, it was just almost just considered sort of funny and, and sort of completely acceptable that we would dismiss their feelings uh, of footballers on the basis that they were rich and in a privileged position. And therefore, we either didn't take it seriously that they had depression or we did, but just didn't think we needed to really care because after all, they're footballers, they're famous and they've got a lot of money. And now uh, that's just not, I don't think it's a fringe thing anymore for people to say, hang on a minute, these are human beings with feelings just like ours. You know, and that's that is serious progress in society when football fans collectively and again, I know there is still like obviously there are morons who who don't care, but from my experience, all my years of going to West Ham over the years, which is, you know, Upton Park was a particularly boisterous and robust place. Some some of the banter that was chucked about there, and it's changed immeasurably, you know, really incredibly. Well, yeah, but I, th I think it isn't, you know, that's, that's um, <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's society in yeah. general. So, in fact, if, you, you know, the more you, you know people who've had mental health struggles, the more you know people who've had struggles with alcohol, struggles with drugs, yeah. etc., the more you can recognise it. When I look at, at Gaza's last few years now, mm. knowing more about what depression mm. is and what, uh, you know, alcoholism mm. is and what all those things are. I mean, it was just plain as the nose on your face. But in the, in, in the time when it wasn't talked about, it, it was just enough to say it was, it was Gaza. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Um, so I, th I, think it's, I think it's a combination of things. It isn't just football. It's, it's generally, you know, people are, you know, are allowed to... I think you know, the 90s were... To try and articulate... The, the 90s words. were yeah. a funny time. Right. I was with a mate earlier and we're both in like recovery. We're both recovering addicts. But and we both and he's another West Ham fan. And uh, we went to football with each other for years. And now we occasionally go to, you know, uh, 12 step meetings together. And he said, yeah, everyone's in recovery now, aren't they, mate? And I said, are they? And he went, yeah, but anyone who was in the 90s were. He said, because the thing about the 90s was in the 60s, everyone got really into getting out of it. But that was a, some sort of political statement or a social change movement. He said, but in the 90s, everyone got out of it. And the only agenda was, oh, don't worry, it doesn't matter. It's all a bit of a laugh. There was no sort of, there was just a sort of a, an atmosphere of no consequences and everything was funny. And uh, and so when you look at Gaza, if there was a figure like Gaza now who's getting up to sort of antics that Gaza did the whole time throughout the 90s, there would have been now people would say very quickly, this is a bit of a worry. 
that guy is on a little bit of a sort of, uh, you know, a kamikaze mission here and someone ought to take him in hand. Yeah. In the 90s, you know, I was working on LADMAX in the 90s and it was like, brilliant, Gaz has done something mental again. Well, uh, <laughs> you know, the phrase, the phrase that springs to mind is in the 90s, you would have thought he's one of our Yes, own. absolutely. You know what That's I mean? what you love him for. He gets pissed just like us. That's why we love him so much. <laughs> or now you think, oh my <laughs> yeah, God, yeah, yeah. he gets pissed just like I do. That's really worrying. Someone better yeah, give yeah. him a cuddle. <laughs> I mean, of course, Gary Lineker was the only one who really, I mean, you know, he was way ahead of his time because when he did that little signal, have a word with him, I mean, that was the reason we remember that is because it seems strange because what he wasn't doing was laughing, which is what most of us would have done in response to seeing Gaza have an on-pitch breakdown. (laughs) Yeah. Well... Um, I when you say most of what us, I mean, what I mean to say is, is that Gary Lineker showed a sort of a, that little yes, moment that yes, we all love. Yes, showed yes. a sort I, of I, a, yeah. a level of compassion and concern that was perhaps unusual yes. in I, the, in those times think, amongst football people. Yeah, you're exactly yeah. right. I think to be fair, most of us were thinking, "Oh fuck, he's going yeah. to miss the yeah, final." Exactly. You know, rather than the poor lad, he looks really yeah, distraught. Exactly. Oh, exactly. He's like, "What? How? Who the fuck's going to play that central midfield?" Yeah. Yeah. And Gary yeah, Lineker's yeah. a civilized fellow as well, isn't he? Gary Lineker is a, a, yeah. even uh, yeah. then and now is a civilized fellow. And yeah. compare, you know, I, I was watching Roy Keane talking about the Maguire booing, and he was very much of the old school. You know, you should be yeah. you should be able to take that. You should be able yeah. to get on with that. You know, uh, what's Southgate doing? coming and complaining about it. Just, mm. you know, it should be water off a duck's back, you know. Yeah, um, that sort of attitude. And I think people have always been nasty, so why should they stop being nasty now? That is basically... Yeah, much that, as they were nasty to me. Routine, you know, why should very, they be nasty exactly. to you? I had, you know. I, I had a shit life, so everyone else should too. You know, that, that sort <laughs> of seems like a weird attitude that you still get from a lot of pundits. That said, I do love watching Roy Keane, but his opinions on yeah, that sort of but stuff... but partly for mad. that, partly for that sort of mm. uh, slightly yeah. sort of Stone Age thing. Yeah. Has going. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Sam, that's been brilliant. We hope you'll come back because we want to talk to you about the World Cup in Qatar. And I don't think we're going to have time to do that today, um, as well as lots of other things. Um, uh, been really interesting speaking to you. Lovely reminiscing about West Ham. I remember the season we went down, you had that pitch invasion. Who were you playing against when you had the pitch invasion? About three games from the end of the season. Uh, Burnley, um, I think. Oh, Burnley, Burnley, yeah. Burnley yeah, was. Yeah. And and Stoke Stoke were doing so badly. I remember that happening and thinking, "Oh, they might have points taken off you. <laughs> please, 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 please! You know, we can't win any, but they can take yeah. them off other people." You were at the stage where you were looking, <laughs> you were looking for snookers, basically, weren't you? <laughs> oh, okay. well, you're looking for you're looking for ineligible players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. looking where for. where Oldemar, my team down at the bottom. But there are people on the on the on the Oldham forum who have been into the EFL rubric to find out the date on which uh, any transgression by the teams around us would be punished with a points deduction this season rather than next season. There's a cut-off oh point, and it's coming. It's coming soon. So if Stevenage are going to do anything, they need to do it now. Now, yeah, well, I'll keep my fingers crossed. Although, Chris, you have reminded me in the course of this chat today how much I used to hate Oldham, which I've yeah, completely yeah. forgotten about, but you put, brought all the memories yeah. flooding back. I found out just yeah. just this season we played uh, Barrow again for the first mm. time in fifty years, and and they hate us, and I had no <laughs> idea all that time because there was uh, when uh, relegation out of the league was done on re-election on a, a rather of the bottom four uh, uh. and 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 a non-league representative all got voted, and Barrow got voted okay. out of the league even though they'd finished above Oldham who got more votes, and they've always hated and? us ever since then, and I had no idea, no idea. Mm-hmm. 
And Hereford came up. In 72, I think, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Hereford came up. So anyway, a lot of turmoil there for you, Sam, being taken back to the six mm. nil and then and then th- and then three nil the other way. He went there. I'm just having to go so, along. So, <laughs> yeah. So I um, what I suggest if you can find them anywhere, if any of our listeners have got any lean cuisine yes. meat, 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 in the freezer, any of our listeners have got any lean cuisine meatballs, yeah. send them in. We'll forward Get them in touch. Uh, to Sam. Absolutely. And yeah. yeah, and hopefully um, we'll speak to you again soon. Thank you so much. Thanks, lads. Cheers. Okay, well, that's the end of uh, this week's podcast. Don't forget to email us if you'd like to. We might be doing one of those questiony and answery things that they do sometimes. And uh, also uh, 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 review us if you want to. Make sure you encourage people to listen. And if you don't do any of that stuff, then don't do any of that stuff. Sports Social Podcast Network.